This is MJ. Uh, welcome to Swing Through Comics. If this is a, your first time here, um, I'm just going to be a little loose, but I'm also going to let you know that I'm experimenting with something uh, different uh, uh, setup to make my recording process easier on me because I'm the one making these things, and if you're enjoying them, uh, <laughs> that's good for you, but I'm the one who has to do them, and uh, between having a full time job and a family and trying to be a writer on the side and doing all sorts of other uh, stuff, just uh, things have been difficult and I'm trying to make my production easier so I can make these things more so I can keep on enjoying comics. Um, not to steal a line from Chris from Comic Tropes. Anyway, so today I'm going to be talking about uh, Captain America issue 6. This is Captain America comics all the way back from 1941. And uh, <laughs> I titled this episode, or the thumbnail we'll have on it, Curb Your Bloodlust, America, featuring Larry David. And uh, that's not really a joke. Because, uh, well, I mean, it is a joke, but it's because uh, in the Stanley short written in this comic, uh, there is a character whose name is Larry David, and he's one of the Sentinels of Liberty. And um, this band of marauders, who I can zoom over to another picture of them and show them to you, uh, who are lynching Cap and Bucky, uh, there's hundreds of people there. They're lynching them because they think that they're arsonists, and they think that they're arsonists who are just dressed up like Captain America and Bucky, and I don't know why that would be the case. Like, why would arsonists dress up like Cap and Bucky? That doesn't really make sense to me. Anyway, uh, what I like to do with these uh, reviews, though, is uh, show you the... Um, whatchamacallum? Well, that's my alternate... Uh, if you're looking at the video version of this, you'll be seeing what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it, and if not... Uh, you can go to mjmunoz.com, and there, where you find this episode, uh, there will be a, um, a gallery of sorts where you can look at the images. So, um, anyway, I have an alternate thumbnail that's actually going to be featured for the site. But anyway, um, so this is, you know, mostly written by Joe, Simon, and Jack Kirby, except there's the short story called Trap for a Traitor, which is written by Stan Lee. I would assume the art is Kirby or uh, Simon. I don't, I can't tell... Whose art is whose, but both of them supposedly are writing or drawing on this, I think. I don't know if Simon became the primary artist and let Kirby do his thing because Kirby's, you know, really good. So, uh, I do, like I was saying before I interrupted myself, like to start by showing all the covers. And by all the covers, I mean the cover for the uh, Captain America comic itself. Um, this one was supposed to be on the stands, or it was like the... Hey! Don't cough, mister. Um, this September... Uh, I guess that's when they're supposed to stop selling it, as opposed to when they're allowed to first sell it. I've never understood that. But anyway, that's what I hear from uh, other comics YouTubers. So, um, yeah, there you go. But yeah, I mean, we've got... Uh, oh, let me see. Let me zoom in on this, because I didn't really take a great look at it at first. Just, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's the cover for this issue that I'm going to be reading. So Cap is... Wow, this actually has elements from everything in here. We've got Cap decking a Nazi who's holding a skull... Uh, he has a rope. He's trying to hang Bucky. Um, then there's a shadow behind Bucky, so to speak, in perspective anyway, like, you know, stage rear or you know, whatever. Um, there's a silhouette of somebody who has been hung to death. And uh, so, you know, Cap's punching that Nazi in the front. And then you've got, uh, you know, Nazi soldiers um, shooting at him from behind. It's actually being deflected by a shield. And there's a vaguely Asian guy or Oriental, as they would have said back in the day, uh, throwing an axe at him. And I don't know if hatchet men are literally supposed to be men who murder people with hatchets, but that's uh, what they seem to mean in this comic, so it's kind of funny. Anyway, but that's um, 
elements of most of the stories that happen in this issue. So anyway, there's the first cover, and then I'll move on to like the splash page covers, uh, which is what I mean by the alternate covers. Um, I think the first story was, or the second story rather, was with the um, the was he the camp yeah with his darts. He has killer darts um, in his camera, and that's really goofy. Uh, take note of his sharp teeth. Um, I was looking at this earlier with my kid, and uh, she said, I think she said, he has long canines, and you know, that's right, he does. Um, <laughs> let's move on from there. Then we have uh, Fang, Archfiend of the Orient, and uh, so we've got the Camera Fiend, and then we've got the Archfiend of the Orient, and he also has fangs, and uh, let me see if I get a zoom in on him somewhere. Oh, yeah, here he is. He has not only fangs, but he has claws. Uh, so I found it very interesting because I've talked about the, I think jingoism is the right term, but definitely the othering of the bad guys. Like I asked my kid on this one, you know, what is, what do the fangs look like to you? Well, he looks like a monster. Yeah, he does look like a monster, doesn't he? So they're taking these characters, um, who are villainous and in order to ramp up the drama and make them even more evil, they're giving them inhuman features. They're giving them fangs. And as you see, claws, fang has claws. Um, and uh, it, you know, it's nice because it's a visual medium and it's, you know, freaky how crazy these guys look. But I've talked about in past Captain America reviews, um, like the, that element, I, gosh, I can't, the dehumanization of the villain characters by making them monstrous. And, you know, this guy's Asian, but this guy is an American. He's got like a very white name, his civilian, like a very, you know, European, not necessarily like Nordic um, but, you know, very much like white, like waspy American, the typical, like what Captain America, he, he, he and Steve Rogers could be cousins, you know, not him, him. Um, and, uh, that's just kind of interesting to me. Uh, we get this, well, so anyway, that's getting to me, but I've dwelled on it before, but I like the fact that they're equally dehumanized. So they're not dehumanizing them on like a racist nationalistic level. It's more like, you know, are you virtuous or are you not? And I think that becomes clear in this issue. Um, we get this really crazy scene of Cap just beating this Fang guy. Like, he just totally thrashes him, and uh, it's pretty wild, actually. Pretty wild. Uh, my favorite... Let's see, I think I've shown all the covers, right? Yeah, I've shown all the covers. So, my favorite, favorite thing, though, from this issue is just look at this double page spread. So, this would have been, you know, you turn the page from whatever to this, and then boom, there it is. The staple's right down the middle, like where the rope is. And, you know, Cap... You know, Cap exists on both sides, on both pages, um, obviously in different scenes. This is, this lineup with these lines from everybody is like a whodunit, um, where it's supposed to be, uh, setting up the mystery and like that Cap's going to investigate. And the funny thing is, uh, you know, there's this big question, who killed Dr. Vardoff? Uh, cause he dies in the beginning and his building gets burned, which is where they jump out of and get captured with us. Okay, there we go. Now I remember. Anyway, um... I like the murder mystery aspect of it. It was very interesting. Uh, the story itself betrays very much this cover or this opening uh, set of pages for it, but I kind of don't care because looking at this alone was so compelling and so visually interesting, and I just had a really good time reading each page. And just like, look at the composition of this. Like, this dude right here, Dr. Vardoff, is hanging from, uh, I don't know what you would call this, this... Uh, um, I don't know. There's the word in that's set in the these you know big circles that, you know, being hung from his you know his corpse is being hung, like almost from the question mark. But the question mark is this you know 
uh, typeset element over this graphic element. Gosh, I need to learn more of the technicalities of comics and what they're all called. But like, just like, that's kind of ridiculous because then we see him here and then he's in the middle, like where the staple would be. His body is splayed out over both pages, but then he's also talking here and he's next to Bucky uh, on the bottom right hand of the page. And just like, I don't know, it's just wild how, um, how this was framed and just like, I really love this image. This is a compelling image. I would almost, if I wasn't into making my own thumbnails, I would definitely have that be the thumbnail of the, of the, you know, video because it's just, it's so darn compelling, but I, I feel like I grabbed pretty good stuff to make the thumbnail and I couldn't resist the Curb Your Enthusiasm joke. Anyway, um, so I really like this, uh, this whole issue was really good. Uh, you know, besides the art being good and the composition being good and like really interesting creative things being done, like here, speaking of interesting creative things, look at this. The hangman is here. There's a shadow of the hangman coming off of him and there's rope or that super silk hanging from his hand from his left hand even though he's holding it in a different position and somebody might say oh that's an error but no it's not an error it's like showing the passage of time it's representative of the hangman and what he does and just ah it's so interesting it's so good and i'm really compelling i really liked it um and like hey you know people who complain about wokeness this is a they call her a gun mall i think as opposed to a gunzel uh, Gunzel is a term I heard from Red Panda, and I assume it's from these pulpy things, because, man, uh, Red Panda could have, you know, been on this murder case here. Uh, and if you don't know who Red Panda is, uh, check out DecoderRingTheater.com. Anyway, you can find Red Panda there. There are comics and there are audio dramas, mostly. Um, very fun stuff, kind of like The Shadow. Anyway, whew, what was I going to go to? Because I was about to move to some other point. Um... Yeah, there's lots of good art, obviously. I mean, this, you know, this is Kirby. Um, not Kirby at his height, I would say, but definitely uh, Kirby when he's already had, like, a really good footing and uh, grown to a really good level as an artist. Now, gosh, I was trying to... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the, the themes from all these different issues, I'm not sure 100% what they are. Uh, are they interesting to me? I'm not really sure. I just really like the adventures. The art was all good. Or the art was good and all of them was really good and fun. Um, which it always, it's just, it's, the violence is so cartoony and so ridiculous and it's so fun. But, um, earlier I spoke about the fact that Fang and the camera fiend were so, uh, were different from each other. Um, you know, they're different ethnicities and, uh, they're both evil. I don't know if they could have been, you know, linked overall except for they're working for the enemies of America. And, you know, they're both cast as inhuman even though, like I said, you know, one's Chinese and one's a, you know, old white man, um, a rich old white man privileged. Uh, but, um, the, on the other hand, you have, uh, this idea about virtue and goodness, like giving strength and things like that. And there's an interesting theme, uh, this episode or this comic, all the comics and stories in this, uh, to me really focused on the Sentinels of Liberty and the Sentinels of Liberty are, you know, sort of led by Bucky. Captain America's, you know, kind of the leader, but Bucky really is doing, you know, he's pounding the pavement, he's working with these other kids and setting things up with them. Anyway, I got interrupted by some stuff, so I don't quite remember where I was, but the point I was trying to make is that, uh, on the other side of that, you have these boys, the Sentinels of Liberty, who all work together that Bucky is leading, uh, you know, James Barnes, he's the one leading, everybody calls him Bucky though, which is funny because that's his, you know, superhero name, which doesn't make sense, but I've talked about that already before too, so I won't dwell on that, but anyway, 
Um, just these ordinary boys. There's, you know, there's skinny boys, there's boys with glasses, you know, in the past we've seen a black kid and girls, uh, in the Sentinels of Liberty and helping out Captain America and like there's a overweight kid and, um, there's just, you know, people from all different, uh, segments of society and that aspect of nationalism again is beautiful and, uh, good. I think that we can all unite as one against a common threat. I think that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, it has its uses and it can be positive, even though I think that, you know, no matter what the erasure of the individual, um, you know, into the collective is, you know, dangerous. And I think like that's the real kind of evil. Um, but I feel like that kind of, uh, is something that Captain America will deal with in the future. Cause I've heard Captain America isn't like a, you know, right wing, uh, kind of guy necessarily, but I don't think, uh, you know, like the founders were right wing either. I think they were, um, like true liberals, which, you know, you can argue with me about that all you want. Uh, but the reason I, um, settled on and selected that image of the mob is because I felt like that image of the mob trying to lynch them because they were, you know, arsonists is a really great distinction to the Sentinels of Liberty acting together as a collective, as a unit to do good. So they're actively stopping people who are murdering uh, others. And, you know, Cap's life is threatened too. And uh, on the other hand, you've got this senseless mob who's murdering Captain America and Bucky, and they don't even believe them. They're telling them, hey, we're Captain America and Bucky. You know, wipe the suits off our suits, soot off our suits, and you can see that it's us. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Um, you know, they call them dogs. So again, they're dehumanizing them in order to make murdering them easier. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting. In the box, uh, Kirby or Simon put this, but the yelling mob is deaf to reason and, you know, and then it goes into they're you know, trying to murder these guys. And luckily, you know, because Cap is so strong and good and virtuous and right, he's able to get out of the situation. But we're not, we as individuals or I as an individual am not so lucky and so arrogant as to think that I have the strength, uh, you know, I'm, my life is not a comic book. Even if I'm righteous or right in a situation, even if I'm wrongfully accused, uh, just because I'm correct doesn't mean that my life will be saved. Uh, everyone is under the threat of a mob. And I think uh, it's interesting that even in the, you know, these early issues that that sort of thing was being warned against and that we got examples. I'll belabor my point briefly and then I'm going to end things. We got examples of both people uh, being in senseless mobs and then in, uh, you know, co collectives that made sense, like the Sentinels of Liberty who were working together uh, after having thought things through for a good common cause. Anyway, I really enjoyed uh, this issue. Uh, it was so much fun to read. Uh, but other than that, I don't have much else to say. I mean, I pretty much said it all. Uh, you can let me know what you think. Uh, you know, if you're a Cap fan, what do you think about the politics that have always been in Captain America uh, with him starting off punching Hitler and whatever to hear uh, your feedback on that? Because I don't think he's the kind of political most people think he is. Um, and I think most people who say he's political think that he definitely agreed with their politics 100% and uh, would never question that they could be on the wrong side of a mob, even though, you know, I think that's something we should all be scared of and careful of. Thanks for sticking with me. Check out mjmunios.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swing Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com slash STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe, subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time. I'm Swinging Through Comics.
My latest design is Webheart. It's a, uh, you know, Spider-Man inspired one. You know, he's the web head, and if you love him, maybe you're a Webheart. You can get a dress with a pattern on it, or you can get a shirt that you can put on different colors. It's black and looks good on different colors. It's pretty cool, I think.